Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey, what's up, Bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app. It's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The bar, biblical and reformed. Welcome everybody to the bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited as always, to be coming through your headphones, your your iPod buds, your your Siri, wherever you listen to the bar. We're just excited that you decided to tune in. And uh, man, like I start every show, I know it, it sounds like a broken record, but I have to thank the listeners. You guys are awesome. When I tell you that uh, the bar uh, definitely appreciate all the listeners sharing and and, uh, and and just telling people about the bar, people buying gear, definitely big shout out to you guys. You guys make this fun. You make this possible. And I uh, just want to send a big God bless you to you guys for just the, the great support, man, the bar family. I definitely uh, think of you guys as, as part of the bar family, the bar team. And speaking of the bar family and bar team, I, I think I just uh, officially uh, invited my guest today to be a part of that, man, because uh, he is uh, probably he is the first repeat local pastor spotlight, which is it's the first for the bar. Had to have him on. Great gentleman. Actually got to meet him uh, in person. Had him on the show. Great time. And I uh, had to bring him back. We have on today, Pastor Roger. How are you, sir? We're fine, Dwayne. Doing fine. How about yourself? Oh, man, I am wonderful. Definitely excited to have you back on the bar, man. Uh, definitely uh, top 10, some of my favorite people uh, to have <laughs> on, man. And and oh, since wow. then, since the, <laughs> since the last time we talked, man, uh, you've been real busy. A lot of stuff going on. But uh, for the yeah, listeners yeah. that may not have heard that first interview, I'm gonna give you a chance to introduce yourself to them and uh, and let them sure. know a little bit about yourself before we jump right in. Sure. My name is Roger Skeppel. I'm I'm the pastor of Berean Bible Baptist Church. Have been such for just over 20 years. 
And the um, Lord has been faithful here in Atlanta, Georgia, trying to build a bulkhead against the prosperity movement in uh, southwest Atlanta. And uh, you know how that is in the Atlanta area. And uh, I have, um, <clears throat> I'm married, I have to a wonderful woman, um, Teresa Skeppel, and we have four children. One of the, one of my kids just got married. Uh, Sarah, my youngest, got married, and so we're excited about our new son-in-law, Luke, uh, a brand new son in the family. That's always great to add more boys to the to the family. And uh, we are we're growing and maturing and uh, continuing to love and honor the Lord Jesus Christ here in Atlanta, Georgia. Amen, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Congratulations. To Thank the you. new addition. That's that's uh yes. that, that's the way to add them. And I you know, yes, I'm sir. done with babies, so my next <laughs> ad is gonna be a son in law as well. <laughs> there we go, there we go. I got a good, good one stuff, too. Man. <laughs> good, good. That's all man, that's a blessing in itself, brother. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you that for yeah. sure. <laughs> Definitely good stuff, Definitely. man. So I'm gonna uh we're gonna jump right in, man. Um okay. the, the the initial reason why we brought you on the show, uh since we talked the first time we was up here, you, you had a book out. Now there's a new book out. Uh and and I want you to kind of uh introduce that book to my listeners. Sure. Uh uh I think it's called Where's my look, do uh, you know what, Pastor? I should have a copy. Uh, so you get April to get on that to send me a copy. Oh, yes, but, uh... <laughs> yes, yes. She should have she, she had that to you already. I'm going to blame April. Exactly. Not getting that in there your you hand. <laughs> there you go. So the, the yes, book is yes. called Life in the Vine. Man. Let, let's talk about, first let's talk about the book in general, and then okay. we'll get into uh, some of the things you talk about. Yes, okay. So this book is really 30 years in the making, over 30 years in the making. Uh, back when I was a uh, a, a college student uh, in my early years of college, uh, I wrote a paper on John 15 that completely revolutionized my view of the of the Christian life. Like many of your listeners, I'm sure I grew up in in a in a in a context of spirituality that was not what I where I presently am now. And so I grew up in a in a context that advocated and taught entire sanctification, higher life type of living. Mm-hmm. As I grew out of that, um, both spiritually and physically, uh, I then got involved with what we might call the carnal Christian viewpoint. Uh, those are two <laughs> those are two diametrically opposed systems. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure that kind of sounds like a little bit crazy. One guy in both those systems, and but this paper that I wrote uh, in the early part of my college career really changed my perspective on the on the Christian life. Dwayne, I, I can't begin to tell you how understanding John 15 helped me with my perfectionistic mindsets that came out of the mm-hmm. higher life movement, as well as my "is all grace it doesn't matter what you do" that came out of the carnal Christian viewpoint. And so I was a mixed up somebody. And uh, this 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 text, this passage really helped stabilize me. And what I have found, Dwayne, over the years is that understanding John 15 will help any Christian stabilize both their viewpoint of the Christian life and how they approach it in their own life. And so I subtitled this book, The Biblical Mandate of Spiritual Fruitfulness. And, and, that, and that really is the essence of what this is about. What is... 
what is the Christian life? Uh, how is it supposed to be lived? How does it manifest itself? When somebody becomes converted, born again, when they come to a saving knowledge of the Lord, of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, what does their life look like? I mean, these, these are questions mm-hmm. I think every Christian asks. You know, what, what, is, what does my life look like moving forward from my salvation? How do I live? I mean, these are these are local church issues. I mean, uh, I'm I'm a local church pastor. Love what I do. Uh, these type of Christian life experience, ex- experiential issues, are at the heart of what it means to to be a Christian. And uh, I I advocate what some people tend to call experiential Calvinism. And so it's not just a doctrinal thing with us. We want to see how the re- the truths of Scripture, the theology and the doctrines of Scripture, manifest themselves in the Christian life. So this this book doesn't deal with the entirety of the Christian life, obviously. It, mm-hmm. it, it deals with, with one key aspect of it, and that's the issue of fruitfulness. And uh, is it is it required of a Christian that they be fruitful? And if so, how so? And so those those two answers, I believe, after somebody reads the book, it'll be clear to them. Mm. Wow, that's good, and I, I think that that is definitely uh, on time and needed. Um, oh, big time. Because still, you know, we still deal with folks that are at both ends of the spectrum. I guess you can say. So, uh, what what are some of the the driving points? Uh, let, let's start with you know understanding. Uh, uh, what you said the the higher living. Uh, let's start with some of the driving points on on finding balance coming from that perspective. Sure. So the higher life advocates, you know, let go, let God, um, entire sanctification. Uh, those is a number of different sanctification viewpoints that are in, in encapsulated in that, and and they're they're basic point is is really begins with 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 man really and and mm-hmm, moves out mm-hmm. from there so it it's really man centric in its in its view of of uh a sanctification even the let go let god uh is is really it really starts with 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 man but when you understand john 15 what you understand is is that these issues of the christian life are begun with God, but they're continued in man. So it's it's man and God, not not mm-hmm. in a not in a in a in a uh, synchronistic way where I'm advocating that man is on par with God. Uh, what I'm really coming coming from is is the idea that that God has a work that He has begun in the believer, that the believer responds to by, in our text, abiding. And so mm-hmm. while while I have a responsibility. God is primary, and I'm responsive. I, I, I just can't let I can't let go and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't wait on God. God is at work; He's already working. So my responsibility is to is to abide, is to is to nurture the relationship with Jesus Christ that is reflective of the relationship between a branch and a, and a vine. A branch and a vine have a relationship. My responsibility is to nurture the relationship, to 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 foster the relationship, to encourage the relationship. How? By my spiritual disciplines. Those all of those disciplines, Dwayne, really help me 
to foster the relationship that I have been brought into and that God is working in. And so what I'm advocating for is I'm reading the Bible not not just for information. I want information. That's not the primary reason I'm reading the Bible. I'm reading the Bible to grow, yes, obviously, because growth is attached to the reading of the Scriptures, but I'm also reading the Bible, most importantly, so I can understand who Jesus Christ is better. Why? Because I'm mm. abiding in him. And right. so and so my desire in reading scripture is I want to come to a greater sense and understanding of Christ. I want to foster my relationship with Jesus Christ. And a byproduct of me fostering that relationship with Jesus Christ is growth. It's growth. I'm 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 growing not because I'm necessarily sitting down and saying, Okay, I'm I want to grow right now. I'm I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to grow now. No, I'm growing as an offshoot of the fact that that I'm understanding who Jesus Christ is. I'm loving him more. As I read the Bible, I'm getting a greater grasp of who he is. And as my, as my love and appreciation and my, and my concern for Christ grows, guess what happens to me? I mature as a byproduct of that. It's a byproduct of, of the relationship. Branches bear fruit. Because the life in the vine expresses itself in the branch, and that that's what I'm that's what I'm seeking to foster in my spiritual disciplines, and so that really sets it apart from the let go and let 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 God idea, you know that mm-hmm, that, that, mm-hmm. that I don't have to do anything. Yeah, no, I do have to do something, but 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 I don't do it in order to grow. I do it in order to understand and appreciate and love and mature in Jesus Christ and understanding who he is. And the byproduct of that is spiritual growth. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. That, that, I mean, that's going to hit home for a lot of people uh, that, you know, I guess you can say kind of carry that, you know, and, and feel like yeah. that, you know, that's, that's the route. Um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of, I don't know if, if I, if I read it right, but you, you hinted to it before in the inbox, there's a, a trend going on, uh, where a lot of people are, uh, I guess I call it maybe abusing grace, uh, yeah, in, in their side. sanctification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's, let, let's, let's get into that because there's, there's, there's a guy not too far from you that, uh, that has become kind of the forefront of his ministry. Um, and, and, and I would love for you to address, uh, that other side, uh, and, and how your book, uh, deals with that. Yeah. So, so antinomianism obviously is afoot and we, Mm -hmm. Christianity has always fought against this whole idea, uh, of, of an over-realized grace where, um, because I've experienced grace, because I'm going to continue to experience grace, it doesn't matter how I live. I can I can just live mm. any old way, and I'm fine. Uh, the 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 manifestation of that that I know the most is of course the 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 carnal Christian idea the, that there are, yep. that there that there are three different types of Christians. There's the there's the baby Christian. They're the person who's recently converted. Then there's the Christian who is maturing or mature. And then thirdly, there's the carnal Christian who is living fleshly, who is living by the dictates of the flesh, who is, uh, basically looks like an unsaved person. Both, all three of those individuals are bound for heaven. And the, the idea that there is a separate 
pathway called the carnal Christian, and that how a person lives makes no difference, is really a, a not as only. I mean, it's it's a uh, perversion of the Christian life, but it flies against what Scripture teaches, particularly John fifteen. Um, without John fifteen, I don't believe that the disciples would have understand would have understood Judas. One of the things that I argue mm -hmm. in my book is that John 15 is an explanation to the disciples of the Judas branch. How do you make sense of a Judas? How do you make sense of a person around the truth, immersed mm -hmm. in the truth, who's who's basically living a good life? Judas was basically, as far as they knew, as far as they saw, living a good life, but is unconverted. How do you explain that? Mm. Well, the only way to explain it is while they're while they seem to be a branch, they're not a branch. Mm -hmm. Because the life that they're living is totally devoid of the life of Christ. And the whole idea of the of the the carnal Christian is it doesn't matter about fruitfulness ultimately because you can go to heaven as a as a carnal Christian living a fleshly godless life. John 15 says, true Christians bring forth fruit. In fact, John 15 argues every single Christian brings forth fruit on some level. There are there are levels of fruitfulness. John mm -hmm. 15 talks about fruit, talks about more fruit, talks about much fruit. Another text that I bring in uh, in, in this, the study of John 15 is the parable of the soils. It's clear mm. from from that parable that that the last soil is the only converted person of the four, and as you read about the the final soil, what do you find? Levels of fruitfulness. So everybody's going to bring forth fruit at different levels, but all truly converted will bring forth fruit. So the idea that I can live any old way and it doesn't matter is just not biblical. And so right. if it's not that we're teaching that we that we're saved by works. That's not the, that's not the case. Faith, genuine faith, comes apart from works. But genuine faith is characterized by works because it works. Yep. General genuine faith works. It's not produced mm -hmm. by works because it's a gift from God. God gives it. It's a it's a grace gift. But it works once it's once it's given. Because that's the nature of faith. And so the carnal Christian idea, the idea that I can live any, any way and it doesn't matter to God, is just not, it doesn't find any resonance in the biblical text. Right, right. And see, that that's important. And, and I think is what's happening, um, and something I've actually been able to witness on a personal level, is uh, some pastors are making attempts to uh to i guess uplift for grace in a in a time where people you know used to they say you know all you know is the law and the law 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 and you think about the law you, you know it's going to make you sin or you think about grace is going to you know it's going to make you do right so as a as a pastor approaching that um and in, in what way do you convey the 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 right balance uh and you know just in general not just in one sermon or one series or whatever book you're going through what way do you convey that to your 
uh, congregation so that they they don't think, you know, like uh, Andy Stanley said, you need to detach yourself from the Old Testament where they don't think, you know, uh, uh, you don't worry about the law or whatever. What 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 advice do you have for a pastor that may want to bring a, a, a really solid balance to that? Well, what you're really speaking to is 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 the doctrine of 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 sanctification. You know how does mm. how does how is the, how is the Christian life lived? We, we Dwayne, I mean you you've been around reform circles long enough. To, I don't know that, that we're big on justification, aren't we? I mean we mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we got the justification thing down. We we talk about it all the time. <laughs> we 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 understand the doctrines of grace, how how God accomplishes this thing. I mean the the, uh, the our first book that I that I that you interviewed me about was the doctrines of grace and so we're big on mm-hmm. the justification thing. But how much time do we really spend on the doctrine of sanctification? Right. Well, n- not a whole lot. I mean and and so what what tends to happen is we're we're big on on how how we got saved, but then you ask your average Christian, well, how do I live the Christian life? It becomes mm-hmm. it becomes shaky. I mean, it becomes foggy. I mean, sometimes they're right. Some of the stuff they got is usually a a a, a, a mixture of higher life stuff and 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 uh, mm-hmm. and and some other stuff that they've they've called from somewhere else, and and they kind of put it all together into sanctification, and. And we're not doing a good job of teaching on sanctification and and both what God is doing and what we're supposed to do. And so, the way that I that I try to strike a, strike a balance uh, with with my people is number one, of course, to to teach on sanctification. In fact, right now it's interesting you ask that because right now on Sunday evenings we're right in the middle of a of a of, a, of an elongated series on sanctification as a sub series in the, in the book of. Uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, which I'm teaching right now, and so mm-hmm. we're trying to spend a, a, a lot of time on sanctification, both what it is and and how it's approached. Now, I think that I think that the emphasis that we have seen in Reformed circles in the last 15 years on the um, the means of grace, you know, uh, the the disciplines of grace, I think I think that's a good mm-hmm. emphasis. And and I think I believe that to be the core of a healthy practical approach to sanctification. There there are some godly disciplines that every Christian ought to do. And I think one of the emphases emphases that we're missing when we advocate for these means of grace is that they're they're not causing us to grow. They're our mm. response to a loving God. Because God loves me, because God justified me in the way that he, that he did, I want to go to church. I want to be around his people. I want to read the Bible. It's, it's, it's getting away from looking at the means of grace as if somehow they're the source of my, of my growth, not God. And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm reading the Bible. The Bible's causing me to. My reading of the Bible is what's causing me to grow. My attending church is what's causing me to grow. My my uh, worship of God is what's what's causing me to grow. My giving, rather than this, is my response to a loving God. And as I respond to a loving God, according to the means that He Himself has prescribed for me to respond, I grow. Mm. And so the emphasis 
remains on God and not on rote activity. Because anybody can do rote activity. Right. But 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 what's the what's the focus? What what where does the believer place his mind when he does these things? And so and so um these this is the way that I try to strike a balance within my within my congregation is 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 helping them to see God behind everything that they do rather than these are the things that I'm just strictly doing in order for me to in order for, for me to grow and then it it almost becomes like it's it's um a transactional relationship rather than an a, a relationship of intimacy our our relationship with God is not transactional it's much more than just that now of course mm-hmm. Christ died Christ paid the penalty yes i'm not saying that there wasn't a transaction but what i'm trying, trying to get to Dwayne is that the, the 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 Christian life isn't a business relationship. Mm. It's a relationship of intimacy that drives me to want to do the things that the person I love has prescribed for me to do in order for for me to have an effective relationship with Him. The, the, these are things that God has laid out. Right. We, we we ought to we, we we ought to relate to God. In the way that God has prescribed, and and if, right. and if wow. I can if I if I can look at it that way, rather than just doing a whole set of do's and don'ts, wrote wrote things that I do, then then we bring the right mindset to it. Right. Wow. That's good. That's good. I actually uh, answered my my second question. Uh, well, my next question, which you know you kind of alluded to when because you, you you mentioned about the disciplines and things that we do. But but pretty much those things you're saying is is in scripture the things that God requires us to do and and it's not a it's not a like a checklist but it's it's a it's a move yeah. or or an action out of love is that what you're yes. saying Yes 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 and 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 as and as I as I as I respond in that way to God 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 caused me to grow see I see growth and I see fruitfulness as the mm-hmm. manifestation of a healthy relationship, mm. it's it's not nice. the purpose of it's not the purpose of the of the relationship. It's a manifestation of a healthy relationship. My healthy relationship with God manifests itself in me looking like God. Righteousness mm. is drawn forth. Justice is is a, is is drawn forth. Holiness, godliness, the, the, these character traits uh, that that Scripture advocates for are 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 drawn forth, you know, and, 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 uh, just to get back to the book f- for one second is yeah, go ahead. Dwayne, Dwayne, when I, when I, when I first heard John 15, this is years ago, even before I did, I did my study in college, you know, I was hearing that the fruit that the Christian bears is really referring to people that they've led to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's such a, a bad understanding of John 15. <laughs> I'm not making light of people of us sharing the, sharing sharing the gospel and people coming to Christ, but that's not the fruitfulness that this 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 passage is is speaking to. It's it's speaking to to spiritual life qualities, mm-hmm, grace mm-hmm. Gra- grace qualities that manifest themselves in the believer's life. The fruit of the spirit. 
and 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 all the other spiritual virtues found in the Bible that don't come under the fruit of the spirit designation in Galatians 15. Obviously, there's more to it than just uh, Galatians 5. Excuse me. Uh, there's more to it than that because the, the the Bible has a number of spiritual virtues that it speaks to. But but it, but th- that's the fruitfulness that is coming out of our healthy relationship with with the Lord. And 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 really, you know, Dwayne, this is this is new covenant stuff. Why do I say that? Well, what, what's at the heart of the new covenant? You won't have to tell people, Jeremiah says, know the Lord, because they will all know the Lord. Mm. That's the nature. That's the nature of the new covenant. It's a it's a it's a dynamic, authentic relationship with God. What the old covenant couldn't do. God makes sure that everybody in the new covenant has this dynamic, genuine relationship with Him. We all know the Lord. Well, right. how does that how does that manifest itself? It, it manifests itself in the qualities of God manifested in us on a human level. Gotcha! Wow, so good, so good, man. So uh, I'm gonna take a quick break right here, sure. and uh, we're gonna jump right back into this. This is the Chocolate Knox. If you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass, this is the show for you. Cross Politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith, culture, and politics, proclaiming the Lordship of Christ in every corner of our culture. Hallelujah. Gabriel Wrench is a deacon from Texas, and he wears overalls. One time. <laughs> Chocolate Knox, a.k.a. David Shannon, he's a movie maker from Minnesota. I'm Toby Sumter, pastor here in Moscow, Idaho, and I used to live in Alaska. Did you know that? No. No. We've interviewed everyone from Alveda King to Ted Cruz to Steve Dace to Walter Williams, and we invite you to join us here at Cross Politic as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast all to the glory of God. CrossPolitik.com. All right, we're back in here with uh, my good friend, Pastor Roger, uh, definitely say that uh, wholeheartedly because uh, I, I sent a request through his son when I was at G3. I said, hey, man, tell your dad, come see me. And then there he was, <laughs> came, to come, came to see me, man. I, I appreciate that, man. Definitely, uh, definitely praise God for you and, and our relationship and, and definitely enjoying this uh, this discussion um, on the great book. Um, and and. And you said a lot of really good stuff in the first half, man. I hope you guys were listening. Uh, a lot of really good gems uh, were, were were dropped during that time, man. And um, and and I'm very grateful. Usually on the second half, we do the signature bar questions, but since Pastor's already been here, and we got a signature bar question, if you want to hear it, go back and hear the old episode to get uh, all the music he like and all that good stuff. We're gonna we're gonna spare him that stuff uh, this go around. <laughs> But what I what I want you to do here in uh in in these last uh, few minutes is uh I want you to uh address my listeners um on on just on this whole this whole topic uh and and you know from pastors that are listening from you know the the whole reform community and then for those that that may be hearing 
some of that uh, antinomianism, uh, some of that stuff that's coming from a lot of these prosperity preachers. Uh, I know it's a lot to, to cover, but you got about, sure. you know, four to five minutes to take your time, okay. walk through it. But just let's just this address my listeners, man. Just a, a message to them, those that may be listening yeah. in. And, yeah. and then also shout out the book and where we can find it. Okay. So if I was to kind of summarize and just say some things that to the Reformed community out there, I would say this, that we have a Reformed spirituality. A lot of people like the phraseology that I'm Reformed. And quite frankly, I don't look really at their view of justification or the doctrines of grace uh, or anything like that to really determine how reformed they are. What I look at is their view of sanctification. How 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 does that? How is that? How is their view? How does it align with the doctrines and principles of reformational thought? And so, if if we hold to this idea that the realities of the Christian, the sinner becoming becoming a saint is monogistic. If we if we hold that, how does that manifest itself in sanctification? It should. So we begin our view of sanctification with God. God is the primary worker. We have a part to play. We are responsive. Dwayne, I've heard some reformed people advocating for a monogistic view of sanctification, which I do too, in in the sense of God being primary, but they have God being the only actor. And so mm. we don't so we don't even respond. It's just God acting on us. But that's not true. I mean Philippians two is pretty clear. God is working in, but I'm working out. And so and so I do have a role to play. It's that doesn't make it synergistic. It's still it's still monergistic in its in its overall mindset, but I am responsive to what God is doing. I'm interactive. That that's a key part of reformed thinking on this issue of sanctification. Let me give you another one. Another key issue that I would just encourage in reformed circles, I, I hear a lot this whole issue of indicative or imperative. Indicative or imperative. Mm. You know, God God has God has done for us indicative. All you have to do is just teach the indicative and don't worry about the imperative, and that'll take care of itself. Well, that's crazy. Number one, the Bible doesn't believe that. Because uh-huh. just take the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, the whole second half of the book is just really one imperative after another. I mean, just packed full of imperatives. So Paul does give the indicative, and we must give the indicative. We must teach people what God has done for them, how God has saved them uh, from the from eternity past. You know, we should advocate the doctrines of grace, lay out clearly the indicatives of the scripture. But we cannot forget that the indicative leads to imperative. And sometimes we have to tell people, hey, do this. And sometimes we have to admonish them, don't do that. And 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 so the imperatives, the the admonitions of the scripture are very, very critical. And that's an, another important part of Reformed thinking on sanctification. I mean, if, if you look at, if you look at uh, Romans chapter 8, we have the clear advocation of, of, of the, the, uh, the principles of putting to death and bringing, bringing... 
out of life, mortification and vivification. Mortification, me putting to death the deeds of the body, and vivification, excuse me, the, the bringing to life of the, of the spiritual qualities that God has put in me. This, these, mm. these are the, what, what you see, Dwayne, are these, these reformed themes manifesting themselves throughout reformed thinking when it comes to sanctification. And so I would say at the heart of what we believe in sanctification circles is that the believer, the believer has a responsibility. It's not primary, it's secondary. God is the primary actor. He's the mover. He's the one who, he's the one who has moved to save us. He's justified us. He's placed us in the vine. We are genuinely in the vine, not like a Judas who, who only appears to be in the vine. We are actually in the vine. Because of that fact, the life of the vine is manifested in us. The life of the vine manifesting itself in us causes us to respond by putting to death the deeds of, of, our, of our flesh, which still remains. We have the, the principle of sin resident in us still. And vivification, where I am fostering, that is the word I used in the, in the first half, I'm fostering the relationship between me and Jesus Christ through the reading of Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, through, the, through prayer, through worship, through all the, 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 the spiritual disciplines of life. And this is how I approach the Christian life. Nice. Good stuff, sir. As always, man, I, I appreciate you coming on and and that that's 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 awesome um definitely you guys pick up uh the book we'll have it in the show notes you can click right on the link if you're listening to it by podcast or you can click on the picture if you're on the website um and always a pleasure having uh pastor roger on big shout out to april for help setting this up uh we 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 got on you in the first half so we're gonna praise you in the second half that's old testament new testament yeah yes, yes, there, there you go <laughs> good stuff man but to the bar listeners man we appreciate you guys tuning in every tuesday uh your favorite podcast here bringing you excellent guests every week and uh thank you guys again for being awesome until next time y'all be out
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there